0: Welcome to This Academic Life, episode 32. This episode is sponsored by Degrider and its portfolio in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. For students and researchers in mathematics, Degrider's 2022 catalog is now available at thisacademiclife.org. If you're interested in being a sponsor, then please contact us at sponsor at thisacademiclife.org. Hi, my name is Kim Michelle Lewis. I'm a professor of physics and associate dean of research. Hi, my name is Pani
1: Anuol. I'm a professor of mechanical engineering. Hi, I'm Lucy Zhang. I'm a professor of mechanical engineering.
2: Social media since the beginning of personal web pages in the 1990s to today's social media apps, such as LinkedIn and Twitter, have evolved and significantly impacted on how information has disseminated throughout society. Scholarly practices are certainly making use of all these social media tools. In this episode, we'll have a discussion on how we have seen researchers in STEM fields utilizing them and have benefited from them in both professional development and networking. We'll be talking about the do's and don'ts that we have observed on how to use these social media platforms. I'm a little bit behind in using some of these apps. I know some common ones. So LinkedIn, I often use. I know Twitter, but I don't use it. I do use Facebook. I know that's one of the, you know, older people apps that uh, (laughs) some of us are still utilizing.
1: But what are the some of other ones that you guys use? I'm the same too. I use LinkedIn and Twitter a lot. I like it because you can post on LinkedIn and then it would appear on Twitter too. So it just saves you a lot of time. I... Don't use Facebook for academic purposes. I use it for, I guess, my personal life a little bit. But that's it. I've heard about Instagram and apparently it's very popular, but I don't even have an Instagram account.
0: For me, I use Facebook only to thank people for wishing me a happy birthday. And Twitter, I use to post things that are related to my profession mostly actually i have a twitter account for my professional scholarship and then i have one that's personal and i usually use the one that's more relevant for my professional linkedin i have a page only because people force me to and instagram i haven't really caught on to that one much
2: how about we start with the traditional kind of social media the beginning of social media Building web pages.
1: I know I have one. I don't update it often. I thought that's by design, so you need to have some static page (laughs) that it's low maintenance (laughs) and you don't need to spend so much time. So I have one through the university too. I update the news feed, but I've seen some other people they post about. They keep updating their publications. I just provided. Link to the Google Scholar because it's less work to, to update it. But I don't update it as much as
0: maybe I should. For me, web pages. I think I started when I got on the tenure track. And closer to the time I was about to go for tenure, I read somewhere that it's really important to do self-promotion. And so that triggered me to create a webpage. And so I went on GoDaddy, Grab the a URL, and that's how I got started. But it turned out it did more than I thought it was going to do. Not only did it generate interest in my research, but because there's so few black female physicists in the country, people started contacting me to ensure that my name was listed on their listserv for black female physicists. And I also had a, a author of a book contact me because they wanted to interview me for their book. So I got a couple of lines in the book and it was really nice. So I think the webpage definitely is something that is used for self-promotion. And, and so I'm very happy to pay my annual subscription <laughs> to renew my URL and my .com, etc. And I'm going to continue to do it. And then it also gives me a chance to kind of rebrand my research lab, what I'm thinking. And recently I started advertising on my webpage, the fact that I am a black female physicist, I never did that before. And I realized how much it helps younger kids who are just Googling stuff. They're doing homework assignments. They're doing science projects and my YouTube. Videos will come up about things in the lab. So I think it reaches people you wouldn't necessarily think about. So I like the webpage aspect.
1: And I think it's important to have it because at least here, my institution, all departments within the engineering, there is a template that we don't even need to go to Google Daddy. The domain is provided by the college and all faculty, they are supposed to make their webpage. And I think that it has an impact. Otherwise, the college wouldn't be investing money in purchasing these domains and providing it for free to their faculty.
2: The important thing here is that we need to be searchable. So having a webpage, no matter where it is hosted, if we have a webpage for ourselves, we make ourselves searchable. And then people can then find more information from there, mostly about your educational background and what research you're working on right now. And some people put some updates on there to show their recent activities or how many students they have graduated and et cetera. Very useful way of using social media to not just advertising, but also be part of the database so you become searchable. So one thing that I would say do not do is to keep it too stagnant. So I sometimes have to Google someone and the web page shows up and it shows like an outdated picture that are like 30 years old. It gives me really the wrong impression of where that researchers had been. And it just, the image is so different from the real person. And I felt like it was sometimes I think it may be intentional, but people often don't update it often enough. And to be honest, I only updated when I went for promotion because it was necessary. (laughs) I know that people who write letters for me will be Googling me. So I did some updating. That's all.
1: I think there is a smart way of updating it, not just making it every week you need to update things or some people, they set up their webpage in a way that it requires a lot of maintenance. And I think that's overdoing it but I do agree that yeah you should not have uh, old pictures when you were in high school or (laughs) you just started your academic careers and now it's 30 years later and you still have the same picture but also I think that avoid having a lot of text in there some people they put a lot of text in explaining the details of their research what they are doing just provide like some bullet points that conveys the message it's different than, I guess, peer-reviewed journals. Right. Don't put your whole CV there. So what about LinkedIn?
2: I found LinkedIn to be very nice because I felt like it was easy to post something. And I see a lot of my colleagues are on LinkedIn. I first used it because a student of, in our department found a job this way through connections of connections of someone that she knew and she was able to land a faculty position that way and I was really impressed and I said oh let me check this out so I built a LinkedIn page and now I'm a frequent user
1: well we are frequent users of that we are posting all our podcast episodes through LinkedIn (laughs) I like that how they are trying to stay focused on academia. And uh, there are some people that they post irrelevant things, but there are only a few. And also, I think that it's important for faculty to reach out to students and do recruitment through LinkedIn. Actually, I found some of my good students through LinkedIn. They reached out to me and they sent their CV. Some of them, they were responding to some of the posting that I had. Some of them, they just reached out and they shared their CV. And then after the interview, I end up sending them an offer. It's been helpful for
0: me. For me, I think I don't probably use it well. And I think that's because when it's time for me to update something, I feel... much stress to go and remember to update each platform update the facebook update the linkedin update my website and i just want one place where i can update one thing (laughs) and then it, it goes across all platforms the way that i work around that is sometimes you might go to my facebook page and i might just direct them directly to my website that way, it's just consistent. Go to this page and just go to the website, and at least I can just update one platform. I did remember, and I think it still is a feature that I have on my website that when I tweet, it goes directly to the website and it goes directly, and I think it's also posts directly to the Facebook. So those type of things help, but it doesn't help with adjusting your profile. It's not like if I, change my status, if I move between ranks or get an administrative position, I have to still update each to social media platform, so to speak. So that's one of the drawbacks, which is why it's hard for me to kind of keep everything updated simultaneously. Yeah, I think things have changed a lot. When LinkedIn just started,
2: people were mostly using it for professional connections. You can find people that you know or you collaborated with at work through this it's a really a professional networking platform but and then now i in fact see so many people posting just about everything if there is a paper that they had published they will post it and if their h index had increased by two they post it <laughs> so you won't miss it so you, you see all sorts of different things that had shown up. And one thing is my own pet peeves. I can't stand those humble braggers the way they put it on LinkedIn because it's them posting about themselves. and they would say, "Oh, I am so humbled to receive blah 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 award. What they're trying to do is they're bragging about themselves, getting whatever awards but they can't do it like that. They have to appear to be humble. So humble braggers have become a huge thing in
1: LinkedIn and it really annoys the heck out of me. I cannot stand it. Well, so I think this culture started from Facebook, that people, they started posting that, oh, look at me, I'm eating in that restaurant, this is my meal, and then posting it, right? So those people, they transition, and some of them, they were professionals, and now they found a better platform to brag about their accomplishments. But one thing that I really like about LinkedIn, that is the opportunity to advertise and promote your students too. Like recently, uh, about, I guess, two days ago, one of my PhD students passed her qualifying exam. And I thought that I I was really humbled. (laughs) It wasn't about me. I didn't do the work. She did the work and she passed her qualifying exam. So I thought that, well, I want to share it with everybody. It's not about me, but it creates opportunity for her down the road when she applies for scholarships or summer internships or some other opportunities. At least she's not behind comparing to other people. Sometimes these postings could be annoying. I guess the intention is not pure. Always like so obvious (laughs) that what the intention is. But there are some that I think that they genuinely, they are trying to promote either their career or their student's career or some other people. Like some of the postings that I really like, I like some of the deans or provosts advertising about their diverse, I guess, staff and
0: faculty. So one thing i remember doing is posting about my student's accomplishment which you know at the end of the day is also a reflection of the advisor so i would post comments about oh my student got her application or her abstract got accepted into the gordon conference or i would say she won first place at this thing or oh my student is going to columbia or something so i Kind of promote the students which indirectly promotes the lab and promotes the research and things of that nature so you don't necessarily have to talk about yourself and you could use it to promote your accomplishments via other people <laughs> that you mentor or you train
1: obviously there is a very fine line between this and some people they I guess they don't do it well. So I don't know. Maybe Lucy, my postings are annoying to you too. Hopefully not. But some, I feel that, yeah, it's getting, it's too much to handle. Sometimes you just need to close the LinkedIn. It's like, give me a break. I think it's all about moderation.
2: You don't want to overdo it. You don't want to underdo it. It's just right or however you feel comfortable exposing (laughs) your activities. So it's all about a good balance and what is comfortable for each person.
1: I heard this joke that some people, they say that what type of researchers you are, that you have this much time to spend on Twitter and LinkedIn, keep posting and bragging about yourself. And this is kind of true too, right? So if somebody is like every 20 minutes, they are posting something new, it's like, when do they get things done? It's... uh, yeah, the work so it's is done by their students. Yes, but they are promoting themselves instead of those poor students that they are doing the work. But yes, yeah, so I guess there is a psychology behind all of this, and I'm sure somebody has done this study. But at the end of the day, I think it provides opportunity, and I think it's kind of equal opportunity for anybody who has access, I guess, to internet, and they have icon to promote themselves and their research lab.
2: Yeah, I use it more recently. I have seen people using platforms like LinkedIn as a way to exchange business card because who carries those business cards anymore?
1: (laughs) Kim does. You should save the planet, use the electronic. So yeah, I went
2: to these conferences and then some younger generation of researchers, they would uh, say, oh, can I have your LinkedIn? Can we uh, connect through that? And I'm like, oh, I guess, uh, sure. I didn't think of that before.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a good point. I was actually recently did some judging and some students, they asked me about that. So this is a new way of doing things. I guess I didn't know. All right, so I am a Facebook user. I mean,
2: not so much I'm posting, but I've been using it more after pandemic happened. I felt like it was a good way to kind of stay connected with people, personal life as well as professional life, just to feel connected uh, in some way. So some of the groups that I have joined on Facebook are, one of them I found really interesting. It's called Tenure Track Moms. And most of the people who are in this particular group, they're all moms. They're either going up for tenure or they're in the tenure track. And many of them are already tenured. But I found some of the issues that they're seeking advice for are really helpful for other people within the group. Just common sense. And oftentimes they are not related to just be moms that I felt like some of those questions can be really utilized by everybody in academia.
1: I don't use Facebook that much. I'm like Kim. I'm well, nobody wishes me happy birthday because (laughs) that's not public. so they don't know where my birthday is, but I use it for the personal life. And I didn't know that there are these groups that there are conversations going on and you can get some updates. One thing I guess back to LinkedIn that I forgot to mention that I really like is becoming familiar with the funding opportunities through different agencies. And I think that's very powerful. It's if you I guess you are followers of the Department of Defense or Energy or National Science Foundations. Most of them, they utilize these platforms. And I've seen so many funding opportunities that I wouldn't know about them if I didn't see those posts. I
2: guess one thing for sure is that all these different platforms and social media platforms are making us all closer and more informed with updates and activities that's going on with our own community. Any advice that we can give to our listeners? You know, one thing, one advice we can give to our listeners about using social media.
1: I've been asking my students that they should utilize LinkedIn for promoting themselves. If they publish a paper, they should In a humble manner, inform others, not brag about it. Look at me, I have uh, papers done. And I think it's very important for them to start it early because when you are looking for a job, it will be too late. People, they don't know you. You need to build your network. And I think earlier, the better to start having this account and to start, you know,
0: promoting yourself. So I think the advice I would give is building your web page is definitely much easier than it was, let's say 10 years ago, even the platforms are much easier. It's very intuitive. I remember when I started my web page, I was a junior faculty. I spent a lot of time on the phone with tech support, (laughs) just trying to move things around, change colors. And now it's very user friendly. It almost feels like you're preparing a PowerPoint presentation. And one thing that, I have done. And one piece of advice I can give is to have people review the website. So I would have my students review the website. I would send it to my colleagues. I would send it to my parents and have them look through it and see how easy it is for them to navigate stuff. Sometimes I play games with my niece and I'll say, Okay, try to find my most recent publication and see if she can navigate through the tabs to see which one it is. Because sometimes we make tabs and we're thinking as if everybody who goes to your webpage is a professor, or is a graduate student, or is an undergrad, or is in college. That's what I'm basically saying. But you have all kinds of traffic going to your webpage. You have high school students, you have younger siblings you have cousins people who have no idea what it is that you do and so it has to be easy to navigate and that's where i also think pictures come into play i typically have pictures of my research group and just showing people activity in the lab so i have students looking under microscopes making engaging people to want to continue to read and i also put like very interesting facts about things and I think that helps a lot. So I would say keep the page dynamic, have moving things, have action, what they call call to action buttons. Or if you have a, if you're looking for a postdoc position, create a call to action. Make it accessible for people to contact you. Don't hide stuff. I dislike when you go on a webpage and I can't find Lucy's phone number. Or, so I, I feel like if you make it personable, then it's really easy. The security is really good now on the, I remember when I first started, I used to get all of these random robot emails from things. But now when you pay for a good package, you don't have that much junk mail. And I don't think I get any junk mail at all, actually. So I would say go for it, have fun with it. Don't think of it like a dread, and I think you'll find the widgets and everything that the back end builders have used really, really good. And you'll be really impressed with a click of a few buttons. You have a beautiful landing page. That's great. Thank you.
2: Thank you all for your tips and advice. And I hope our listeners can utilize the experience that we have and build a network based on these social media platforms for themselves. And make whatever that works for you to spread your wings and be
0: visible. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. This episode is sponsored by DeGreiter and his portfolio in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. For students and researchers in mathematics, DeGreiter's 2022 catalog is now available at thisacademiclife.org. You can follow us on Facebook and listen to our latest episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or Google Podcasts. If you're interested in being a sponsor, then please contact us at sponsor at thisacademiclife.org. Join us next time for the good, the bad, and the ugly of This Academic Life.